God's grace, his mercy, and his peace are yours from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. A few weeks ago, we had about 15 grade schoolers come and help in the community garden. And after that event, you realize there's a right volunteer for community garden, and there's a wrong volunteer for the community garden. (laughs) Fifteen kids helping out. It was wonderful. They were learning a lot, but we weren't there really to teach them. If they were there to learn, they would have learned. But 15-year-olds and under, they get very distracted very quickly. And so I gave them very clear instructions. You do this, then you do this, and this is the outcome. And they do it for five minutes, and then you see them wandering in the field or wandering in the forest. And then you have to go chase them down and you say, do this, do this, and this is the outcome. Try to do that with 15 kids, and the chaperones weren't very much help either. They were there, but they were doing their own thing. And so you're chasing around kids, and you realize they're not very good for getting stuff done, at least efficiently. I tell you who is very good and efficient at community gardening. It's usually the older college kids, young professionals. They come to the garden, and they want to know what needs to get done, and they want to know how it gets done, and they're going to do it until it gets done. If they don't know how to get it done, they're going to come to you and ask for a question, ask advice. And once they're done, they're going to come to you and say, I'm done, what's next? As far as efficiency goes, they are by far the best. What's so hard about following directions? The kids, they couldn't really follow directions. And you know what? I I say this from experience because I'm not very good at following directions so many times. There have been times when I was supposed to do something to get something ready for dinner. And my wife calls me and she says, how is that meal coming? I say, we're going to be eating pizza tonight, honey. I didn't do anything that you said, nothing that you've asked me. Why is it so hard to follow simple directions? It's almost as if we're allergic to them, and maybe it's because we think we can do it all. Maybe there are some of us who are, think we can figure things out as we go, and we don't even need directions. We throw them out, and so we piece things together piece by piece, and we envision how they fit, and sometimes it actually works out. Sometimes we're actually very good without directions. Sometimes pieces are so simple and they come together so well that it just makes sense. But then there are moments when you realize it's too complicated to figure out. It's too complicated. You're in over your head. And you're helpless. What then? do we do? See, God gave very clear instructions. He gave them through Moses today in Deuteronomy. Moses stands before the people and he's actually very, it's got a way on his heart to speak these words because he was one that didn't follow directions. See, Moses was faithful from the time of Egypt, leading them out of Egypt into the desert, and he was even faithful 40 years as they wandered around the desert because some of their leaders said they shouldn't go into the land of Canaan because everyone there was too big for them to defeat. They didn't trust God that he would give them the victory. And so for 40 years, Moses wandered around desert, and it was moments, maybe even days, before they got to go into the promised land. Then Moses stopped following instructions. 
He stood before the people who were grumbling once again, who wanted water, and rather than listening to God's command to speak to a rock and have water come out of it, he struck it with his staff and he said, why are you making me and Aaron do all this stuff for you? Rather than giving glory where glory was due. He didn't stand up there and say, why are you grumbling against a God who has given you everything? And even at the, the, the speaking of a word can give you water and manna and quail in the desert, why are you honoring him? Instead, Moses says, why are you frustrating me? And in that moment, God turned to Moses and said, you can see the promised land. You've been wandering around it for 40 years. That's your final goal, but you're not going in. You won't go and see with your own eyes the things in the land of Canaan. You won't set up a house. You won't live there. You won't enter. So Moses comes to the people with these words. Having experienced how he has failed to follow God's instruction, he says this, Hear now, O Israel, the decrees and the laws I'm about to teach you. Follow them so that you may live, and you may go in and take possession of the land the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving you. Do not add to what I command you. Do not subtract from it. But keep the commands of the Lord your God that I give you. Do not add, do not subtract. God gave very simple instructions to the Israelites. They were right there in front of them. And he says, these are what you need for the final goal, the final outcome. Simply follow them piece by piece and you will inherit the land that you have been traveling so long to possess. But don't subtract and don't add. Something I think that we, we all are very bad at. Instructions. You think that there's a simple way, a simple outcome to have a, a strong marriage. And so when you get married, you think of, of your marriage as a fairy tale thing that will go on for all, and on in your life. And you think everything will be wonderful and great. And you try to make it so all your life. But sometimes in life, things start falling apart and you wonder why is it happening? I wish there were directions for how I could keep my marriage together. You look at your job, your life, your career, and you envision something that's wonderful, and you think, this is the equation to get it done. I work very hard, and I do the best I can, and I can have the outcome that I want, and yet so often that outcome never happens. Maybe you work so hard you get sick. Maybe there's unforeseen bill. Maybe something pops up in your life and you just want some sort of direction because we feel like we are floundering, we feel like we are drowning without direction. It's almost as if you're drowning on dry land. The moment you find yourself in a situation where you know you can't get out of, where you feel hopeless, where you don't know the next step, we always want to control the narrative in our lives. We always want to control where it's going. And so when we see our kids even today, and we see the influence the world has on them, we feel like we're drowning. Because the one time we train them to do something that is good, 
the world trains them three things that are bad. We want direction. We want to see where we're going. And we see God has actually given direction. It says, obey my laws. Something that the world has been trying to figure out since the beginning of times is death. How we solve this problem of death, how we solve this problem of disease, how we solve this problem of sickness. And God has laid out right before us in clear sight the solution to it all. And the irony is we don't see it because we either subtracted from God's word so much or we added it to, to burden God's word so much that it's no longer speaking a message of Christ's love for our sins, but lost under commands and rules and regulations and traditions. Do not add or subtract, God says. Listen to these words. I've given them to you, not so you can change them, but for this, that you hear, you follow, and you live. So what are God's words for us? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Think of all the other commandments. You shall not murder. You shouldn't even hate. You should not commit sexual immorality. Do not even covet. Not one thing. Do not steal. All your mind, all all your thoughts, all your actions, all your words, they need to be pure. And so when we look at God's law and commandments and we follow them, we realize something about ourselves. It makes us hopeless to a degree. God's rules and regulations tears us down and shows us just how hopeless we are and how much in darkness we are and how lost we are and how we will never find our way out. It shows us true north and that shows us ourselves who's gone true south. We're lost because we can't follow rules. And so we pick and choose. We make it easier to follow God by taking out some of his commands. Maybe we look at our neighbor and we think to ourselves, yeah, God says love our neighbor as ourselves, but certainly he doesn't deserve it because he did this, this, and that. Maybe I shouldn't serve those who are in authority over me because they're doing this and that that I believe aren't good for myself and for my family. I believe I shouldn't love that person because, well, they're just unlovable. But just like a building, when you start taking out elements, it becomes shaky and it falls. As we look at ourselves, it's so easy to pick out of ourselves the sin that we have and put it to the side and maybe justify the sins that we have, saying it's okay because... But the moment we begin to do that is the moment we begin to see the need for Christ. The moment we lose the sight of how horrible our sins are and how grave they are and the consequence that comes along with them is the moment we begin to lose how valuable Christ is in our life and how much he has given and how much he is willing to do for us. Don't subtract. Don't subtract. 
and maybe just as bad as don't add. When you take my word and you add your own rules, that you say, that person can't be a Christian until, until they straighten up their life, until they look like me, until they, they volunteer as much as I do and study God's word as much as I do and we begin to make these rules and all of a sudden we lose sight of the core message of God's word. It's buried under something rather than the clarity of God's law and rules and commands. It becomes very unclear because of our own rules and traditions, commands. We try to make it clear, but we only muddle it all the more And that's why Moses comes to his people and he says, let God's word be as it is. It is great in itself. Because this is where God's word will lead you. Observe my law and my decrees. And you will find yourself horribly crushed by the commands of God. But continue to follow them to the end. And you'll find yourself bound up by the love of Christ. Verse 6 continues to say, Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations, who will hear about these decrees and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding nation. What other nation is so great as have God near them, the way the Lord the God is, our God is near us whenever we pray to him. And what other nation is so great as to have such righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws I am setting before you today? As we observe God's word, it comes down to wisdom. Essentially, this is what wisdom is. Understanding our place. Understanding our place is not to make our life better by our own works or to make ourselves great before God by our own actions. Wisdom and understanding comes to this. I understand that I am not God at all. In fact, I am a sinner. I am lost. I am crushed. I am in darkness. And I need someone to come and help. I need someone to reach to me and pull me out of this horrible situation that I have no clue how to solve. Humanity has not had a grasp on what death is and how to solve it, much less our souls and eternal life. And yet, God who created us, who gives life, does. In fact, he reaches out, unlike any other God that we can create in our minds. And comes close to us. Actually very close. You see, the the gods that the world and our hearts create, gods of pride and of, of fame and of power and of money, they always lead you and string you forward. They're always leading you to the next thing, but never giving you any sort of assurance and any sort of hope. They only put down laws and demands and say, you must reach this next stage, you must do this next thing, and yet there's always changing rules. But God's word comes to us and he says, I'm not going to string you along. I'm going to come to you. I'm going to make it extremely clear. 
I'm a God that's a God close by. So close that I came and lived just as you have lived. I went through the very same things you have. I was even persecuted and punished. I was put on a cross and I died because I'm a God close by because I love you. I don't want you to come running, wondering if you've reached God. I want you to know that I have reached you because I have come and I've died on the cross to give you the life that you need. I'm a God close by because when you turn to me in prayer, I hear your word. I don't require you to have some certain standard of Christianity. I listen to your every word. Your prayers go up into a a pot and I I pick out a few that I want to listen to. I I actually listen to you. When you you bow down and you fold your hands and you pray, I'm there. I'm a God that is close by. What other nation has a God like this God? Your God who is close to you. God gave us these rules, these commands, his word. So often we dance around them. We, we add our own little thing to God's word or the th- parts of God's word we don't like, we, we take away. He says, this is what makes you a great nation. God's word. That's what will lead everyone around you to look at you and say, what a great nation is this, that they have a God close by. Because when God's word works on our heart, it not only works salvation and forgiveness of sins, but then the world can see God working through our words, our hands, and our feet as we share the same love God has given us. A love of a God who comes in compassion and knows your needs and mine who knows your sins and mine, who knows the payment for your sins and mine. Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding. Wisdom is understanding your role. As we understand our role, that Christ loves us so much, we understand how we can be a good neighbor. I would be a good employee to our boss. A good Christian to the lost world. Not demanding anything that we think we deserve, but, but only praying to God for what he offers us. There we find wisdom. There we find the clear message that our sin and paid for and that payment has given you eternal life how great is it that we have a God close by loves us so much to be right there we thank Christ in his name amen please stand We continue by confessing our, wor- our faith to the words of the Nicene Creed.
printed for you on page 5 in your bulletin. We confess. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come.